In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Having just celebrated the Holy Day two days ago, it's hard to know if this feels like a Sunday or if it feels like a federal holiday. Maybe by the end of the day it'll sort out. The Solemnity of the Assumption two days ago offers a helpful um, relief to compare this woman and her prayers with a feast day that we celebrated just a few weeks prior on a different Friday, July 25th, the Feast of St. James and the Feast of St. Christopher, by the way. But the reading on that day was from Matthew 20. In that gospel passage, James and John and their mother go to Jesus. And the mother of James and John asks for a request for her children a special request that her boys be seated at his right and at his left in his kingdom. Our Lord pushes back and asks a few questions. Certainly he wants them to be in heaven. There's no doubt about that. And he asks them, Do they know what they're asking? Will they be able to drink from the chalice from which he will drink? Questions to help prepare them for the for the struggles that will come, and the grace that will accompany those struggles to see them through. Did you notice two days ago in the prayers from the missal? Who is seated at the right hand of the throne of God? the Blessed Virgin Mary as she was at our Lord's side at the foot of the cross with John, interestingly enough. Not knowing what she was asking actually because the mother of James and John, the wife of Zebedee, couldn't have known yet that the heavenly glory is really how her question would be understood by Christians for all eternity. But she was actually asking for the place um, that a mother would be given, from which she would reign over all of us. Compare all of this now with the question from the Canaanite woman. She too comes to our Lord with a request for her child, her daughter, maybe her only daughter, we don't know. Have pity on me, Lord, son of David. My daughter is tormented by a demon. Again, the Lord asks questions, or in fact, pushes back. Pushes back in such a way to test and to strengthen the woman's faith, her resolve, to prepare her for what grace is about to come. And consider what she asks, how she asks it, and the response that's given. Have pity on me. She's asking for something for her daughter. She doesn't say, have pity on my daughter. She says, have pity on me. She loves her daughter so much that what's afflicting her daughter is afflicting her. 
And like a good godly soul, probably knows that her own sins, her own lack of virtue is partly somehow mystically tied up with the evil in the world, the evil that's afflicting her daughter. Obviously, she's not saying, have pity on me. This is such a huge, embarrassing inconvenience. My daughter is just uh, a mess. Please fix this for me. Obviously, she's not asking in those terms. She's saying, have pity on me. Have mercy on a mother's soul. My daughter's not well. I can't be well if my daughter's not well. She also knows that her daughter is afflicted by something spiritual, not just something physical. And so how does she respond? She prays with faith, and her faith is tested. The question of our Lord being sent first to the Jews... Salvation coming from the Jews, the apostles being sent first to the Jews, is a matter of the covenant and God's promises. Yet how often do we see our Lord finding and praising the faith of those who don't come from the chosen people, the centurion, the Canaanite woman. O woman, how great is your faith! And then he says words that should remind us of some other event. Let it be done for you as you wish. If you simply heard these words out of context, a woman, how great is your faith? Obviously, we think first and foremost of our Lord's mother. There's no woman of greater faith. There's no, there's no human being of greater faith than the Blessed Virgin Mary. Let it be done for you as you wish. Reminds us of the Annunciation. It's Mary who says to the Archangel Gabriel, let it, done, let it be done to me according to your word, for I am the handmaid of the Lord. To the woman of great faith, the Lord says, let it be done as you wish. Your heart is so close to my heart that your wish um, will be well received. My heavenly Father will grant your wish. Because it's not just simply that comes from your heart. It's something that comes from my heart as well. The Canaanite woman heard that once and it's been recorded so we can all listen to it. How many times has our Lord said to his mother, let it be done as you wish. And so we can ask ourselves the question. Do my prayers that go up to heaven sound more like the mother of James and John? Oh, Lord, please help my college football team win. That season is right around the corner. Or do our prayers sound more like the mother of the Canaanite girl? Lord, please... Pour down your grace on the ones I love. They're not well. They're in harm's way. They're in danger. 
And certainly our Lord desires the health of this girl. He certainly desires the vanquishing of the devil. But in order for someone to receive a grace, they must be able to be open to it. To be able to accept it. To be able to bear fruit because of it. And if that person can't receive the grace just yet, maybe someone interceding for them, acting on their behalf, can allow the work of grace to work on them and somehow mystically apply to the person who needs the grace so that God's will finds no obstacle. Demons are really clingy. Sometimes they need to be weakened as well. And so we don't just simply go to the Lord with the list of all the people whom we love and who are unwell, but we stand before him on their behalf. When we do this with all of our heart, when we pray for one person at a time, it's exhausting. When we offer up prayers and penances and sacrifices, not on our own behalf, but on behalf of others... It's more than just simply saying a few words. It's even more than just simply calling them to mind and, and having them rest in our heart. And so we think of Christians being persecuted in Iraq and Syria, people suffering in Ukraine, people suffering in the Central African Republic, all over the world. And we have to ask ourselves, how... How well do I love? Do I love them? Am I merely upset or angry that people aren't doing something to help them? Or do I, do I love them? Do they reside in my heart? Do I bring them to the Lord? Does it move me to live differently? Is my prayer different? Do I fast because of it? Do I offer sacrifices for it? As I say these questions, I'm asking myself the same questions as well. Do I love them? And what goes hand in hand with that examination of conscience is how close is my heart to the heart of our Lord? Only Our Lady's was perfectly united with His. What she wanted is what God wanted, not because that's what she wanted, but because the only thing she wants is what God wants. How far from God is my heart? Every time I realize that I want something that is bad... Or even that I want something that's maybe benign, but not what God wants for me. It reminds me, I'm so far from the heart of Jesus. Hopefully one day, by His grace, what comes from my heart will be perfectly in union with His. In the meantime, I can ask Mary to pray with me. We can ask the Blessed Virgin to complete our prayers, to make up for what's missing in our faith. Our Lord says, you know, if you ask something in my name, it will be granted to you, which helps us realize what it means to, to be in his name, to speak in his name. We say that's what we're doing. We just made the sign of the cross, and we just said everything we are doing now is in the name of God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Would that it were the case. 
hopefully more and more so it will be, that what we do, what comes from our heart is in the name of God. In the meantime, Mary's at our side. And we can learn from her how to pray. And then eventually we realize that more than just simply praying fervently and praying in the state of grace, of course, and praying perseveringly for the things that are on our heart, eventually, guided by St. Louis de Montfort, we'll realize that I don't even, I don't even know what to pray for. So I'm just going to pray for whatever is in the heart of the Immaculate Mary. Her intentions are my intentions. In fact, let her, not, not to absolve myself of the need to pray and fast and to be fervent in our prayers, but the fervor of my prayer will be totally resting in her heart. She's my mother. She knows what I need. <coughs> Because the Lord is always saying to her, a woman of great faith, let it be done for you as you wish. Amen. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen.